how is it going seattle kraken fans thanks for joining us for another emerald city hockey playoff post game live kraken oh, take a 2-1 series lead that was an insane game that was incredible it was awesome it was all of my adjectives for for great um that was just a fantastic game anytime you get you know a big win like that seven two it's obviously impressive you get seven different goal scores i mean there's just so much going on in that one and uh you know coincidence on the day i open up my retro reverse jersey i don't I don't know. I'm just saying um, there's there's going to be a lot to talk about this one because the bottom line is the Kraken were fantastic. Uh, this was a, an incredible, complete game from the Kraken start to finish. I mean, they had good energy to start this one off, kick things off for these first two games at home uh, the right way. Starting off strong again, like they have for every game so far this postseason group hour looking fantastic when he needs to get the scoring. Defense getting the scoring. I mean, just so much of it. So much about it. I can't wait to talk about it with all of you. Uh, really, really happy about this one. Brian with the super chat here, though, to start things off. Seven goals from seven goal scorers. Nope. There's no game plan to beat that. There isn't. There is nothing that you, there's nothing you can do. What are you supposed to do if you're Dallas? How are you supposed to stop that? How are you supposed to stop wave after wave of this Kraken team just coming at you like that? I mean, you know. All, all three of their first forward lines get a goal. Um, Donato, you know, picked up an assist there. So I think for the fourth line was out there for one, um, the Carson Soucy goal. Like, it's incredible what this team is able to do. The depth, it just never gets old. It never gets old. We all sat here. We watched this team through the regular season. We knew that they led the league in five-on-five -five scoring. We we knew that they were a top-five goal-scoring team. They started talking about that on, late in the broadcast as this is the eighth time this season the team has scored seven or more goals. But I just still, I don't think people you know, really understood that or like they hear that, but without seeing it for themselves, it doesn't click for them, a national audience or maybe this Dallas Stars fan base. Um, but the bottom line is, I mean, you chase Jake Ottinger. Fantastic. I mean, he left with a 706 save percentage. Of course, poor Scott Wedgwood comes in, leaves with a 750 save percentage. He allows a couple goals in that third period because the bottom line is this Kraken team was not going to be stopped tonight once they got things rolling. You know, Hackstall made some incredible adjustments from period one to period two. You're able to kickstart the scoring there. You know, look, you take advantage of an unfortunate play. Obviously, Miro Haskinen goes down. It's a bad situation, but, you know, you, you got to play to the whistle in that situation. Eberle does. Uh, you get the goal, kickstart things, things off. And then in the next, I think it was, what, six minutes and 20 seconds, you score three more. It's awesome. It's awesome. Like that whole that whole sequence of events was fantastic for the Kraken. Picking up the late one from Tolvin and two to, to close out that period, I think was important. Then Yanni, not even two minutes in to the third. I, the goal scoring in this one was incredible, but it was just because they were aggressive. The four check was back for this game. This did not look like the tired Kraken team that we saw in game two. This was a team that had a day of rest. And boy, did they use it to full advantage. They came out. They were physical in that first period. They were making long stretch passes. I can't wait to ask RJ about that. If that was something they were working on in practice yesterday, maybe morning skate today. This team was really aggressive with wanting to move the puck out of the defensive zone, get it up ice, and start attacking Dallas kind of right down the middle. Um, and, and they were very effective with it. Dallas didn't really have an answer for it. So uh, pretty good stuff there for the Kraken. Uh, Dog. With another super chat here, Yanni's smile gives me life. Yanni, I mean, this is this is playoff Yanni Gord, and it's what we watched, you know, him do with the Tampa Bay Lightning to great effect. Being able to watch him wearing a Seattle Kraken sweater do the same thing. It just, I'm with you. It just, it, it, it you can't help but smile. You can't help but feel joy. You can't help but just, you know. He just even when he's like two on one and he's you know he's getting cross checked from behind and he just gives that like look of just like that like like see what I'm doing here it's it's fantastic he knows exactly what he's doing he's he's incredible he's absolutely incredible fantastic on the four check too again talking about that momentum that relentless push and aggressiveness from the Seattle Kraken in this one that you know you're eventually able to chase Ottinger and do all that stuff. Yanni Gord right there involved with all of it too. It, absolutely incredible. Alex, go crack and you and RJ totally called it in the first line stepping up. It's true. It's true. The, this first line had to step up 
uh, in this series. They need to especially step up in this game. The other lines are taking care of the Dallas lines. I mean, boy, we'll, we'll probably get to that in a little bit um, with just how quiet some of those guys are. I think I saw somewhere in here someone talking about Jason Robertson being really quiet. He has been very quiet in this one. Um, but it's true that this Jordan Everly kickstarted it, right? He's got a goal in each of these three games so far in this series. Jordan Everly is absolutely going for it. He's continuing the physical play that he had showed in that Colorado series. He's brought it forward here, playing net front, doing good work there. And then Maddie in this one. I don't think like the whole team really woke up from from the last game where they just kind of got pummeled um, and they woke up for this game. But I don't know that anybody did more so than Maddie Beniers. I think this was probably his best playoff game. And I don't just mean that because, he you know, he scores that goal. Uh, he picks up an assist. He's a plus three tonight. I mean, he was everywhere. He was he was out there on PK duties. Looked fantastic, creating shorthanded chances there. Um, I mean, everything from Maddie Beniers tonight was a plus plus. And, you know, coincidence, first game in Seattle where you're really able to line match, you're able to get that Maddie line out there against the, the competition you really want them to be out there against. Um, yeah, that certainly helps. Of course it does. But that's that's the advantage of playing at home and playoff hockey and um, and and leave it to Dave Haxtell to take it and use it to full effect. But Maddie Beniers, incredible game tonight. I'm trying to see if they have the three stars out yet. Yes. Number one, Maddie Beniers. I was just going to say he, sh he should be number one star for that game and, and he was um so yes that line stepping up ty cartier played another really solid game um i think it's going to be one of those situations we'll wait and see with daniel sprong i'm not expecting any news tonight when rj joins us you guys all know the drill we won't know anything until tomorrow probably or even morning skate on tuesday but if Daniel Sprung's going to be out, I think they probably wanted to wait until game five for Jared McCann's return based on what Hackstall was saying. But if Sprung's going to miss time, it's possible we'll see McCann back in the lineup for game four. And this is all speculation. I don't know that they'd immediately put him on that first line. I think they might go ahead and let him sit you know, lower in the line, bring him out for power plays, ease him back into the lineup minutes-wise, especially because the bottom line is this line is playing well without him. Similar situation with Dallas in game one of this series. They didn't need to put Pavs back on their first line because Sagan was playing well with them. You ease Pavelski in and, you know, it helped having having Pavelski on that third line. It was able to spread out their depth a little bit. Um, and we've seen Dallas take advantage of that. I could see something similar with a Jared McCann moving forward, if that's to be the case, just because, you know, that that first line is just playing fantastic right now. Uh, Looks like uh, where was it? Gregory there. Lemon lime Gatorade time, baby. Just came from the arena and it was electrifying. Beneers line scored five goals. Four checking was great. Hashtag too sweet. I like that hashtag. That's a good hashtag, Gregory. And I, of course, have you covered with the Gatorade. Got to do little sips while I'm here by myself holding down the fort. Uh, can't quite chug it uh, with RJ not around. Uh, I'll, get, I'll get to it later, though. Trust me. Um, and good on you for being in the arena. I'm very happy for all of the fans. It's been a tough year going to games at climate pledge arena. And I know, you know, probably put out a pretty penny to go to this playoff game. I'm happy that the team was able to give you a good performance. Uh, this team has struggled with those this year at home, but, uh, you definitely got your money's worth if you went to this one. As far as I'm concerned, four checking was incredible. Like you said, and we just talked about the veneers line. I mean, insane. I can't wait to hear what, um, Hacksaw maybe has to say, uh, after them after this one as well kitty be cracking with the 20 for seven damn i the depth on this team i and i know i talked about it earlier they were number one in five on five goals all that kind of stuff but when you can get this consistent scoring from your top 12 forwards that's something that doesn't happen very often it's very special when it does when you can also get this kind of consistent scoring output from your d as well I mean, two of these goals tonight were scored by defensemen. That's that's broken. Like, that's when it goes from beyond, like, hey, this is a good depth scoring team. They know how to work a system, and everybody can step up, and all those things that we talk about. When you're getting your defensemen to step up, too, they join the rush as consistently as they do. They were very aggressive tonight. You could tell they liked having that day off, too. That, that's just special. Things are just absolutely special when you get that. And so for, for a team like this, you know, they can score five goals in a game and get you know, from five different goal scorers. They can score seven in a game from seven different goal scorers. You just know Pete DeBoer and his Dallas coaching staff are just like, what do we do? What, what do we do? We got to deal with another game on the road. 
And we really got to win that one. Like all the pressure is on Dallas now to win that one because you don't want to go back to Dallas for game five against a team that plays insanely well on the road. And then, you know, your back's up against the wall game five. You don't want that. And and I have I just I have no idea what what Dallas is supposed to do to try to combat this from from the Kraken. I, I just don't. They look they just don't look like they have a, an answer for it right now. Um, and I don't know that getting physical and being frustrated like they were in the third period of this one is the is a good long term solution either. Um, so we'll we'll see what they do. See our bud. Hey, Dallas and McCann is on the way uh, is indeed. Like I said, we'll we'll figure out what that is again. If if Sprong is going to miss time, we know Sprong had that lower body injury going into the postseason. Sprong's going to miss time. That might mean McCann kind of comes back in early. And it sounded like Hackstall was maybe hinting more towards a game five thing for McCann rather than game four. Uh, so we'll just have to wait and see over the next couple of days what that situation looks like. Um, I think we've announced it to the patrons, but I don't think we announced it for everybody. I will be at game five in Dallas. I'm uh, going to be traveling to Dallas looking forward to that one. So yes, I mean, if, if, you know, that becomes the return for McCann, we'll be able to have somebody there. We can get that news out and everything. Um, but, uh, you know, maybe we'll see that a little, a little ahead of time, Gary, great all around effort by everyone. Grubauer had eyes the entire night. Ryan freaking Donato though. Man was fire. What a night. Like the stream. Thank you for the super chat, Gary. Thanks for the reminders for, to like the stream. And it was. It was an incredible night. I'm glad you brought up Ryan Donato. I thought, you know, obviously in a game like this, it's a lot of players' best games of the series. But I thought Ryan Donato had a very good game one. He had a really bad game two. And then he really bounced back in this one in a big, big way. I thought Ryan Donato was all over things tonight. Did a great job on the forecheck. That fourth line was doing a fantastic job of just keeping the stars in their zone. And that's really the time. That's what your fourth line needs to do in the postseason. Sometimes that's what your bottom two lines need to do, right? If you're in a situation kind of like Colorado was where you need to rely on one line. Um, but what but what Ryan Donato and Brandon Tanev and Daniel Sprong for the times he was able to be out there and then later it looked like Cartier was kind of playing with them some. What they were able to do going out there when that's the time that, you know, all the lines that are rolling is going, that that's that's the one opportunity Dallas has to try to find some momentum. And and their job is to make sure that that doesn't happen. They don't need to be scoring. They don't need to be playmakers. They don't need to do all that stuff. They just need to make sure that when the Kraken's best players are not out there, that Dallas isn't able to build any momentum. And they did that tonight. They, they excelled at doing that tonight. They looked fantastic. Not only was Dallas not able to build momentum, Dallas wasn't able to get out of their own zone. Dallas just got more and more frustrated. It just created more and more opportunity for the Kraken's top line when they were out there to, to go and wreak havoc on that Dallas Stars team. The fourth line is, is really, really something special. They played fantastic tonight. Um, really happy to see that. Really happy to see that from Ryan Donato. I'm telling you, this offseason is going to be so, so difficult. So difficult on Ron Francis with all these guys, given how well they're all playing. It's it's going to be really, really difficult for them. Uh, scrolling back up here on in chats. AL, that's Kraken Hockey, baby. Great atmosphere, complete team effort, and grew continuing to play his best in these playoffs. Yeah, that was the other aspect of uh, Gary's um, super chat that I didn't get to was Grubauer. Fantastic game from Grubauer. I thought he was a little aggressive at times in this one, particularly in the second period there. Like he was maybe getting swept up with the emotion as the Kraken were scoring goals. He was doing some some things a little dangerously, playing, trying to be aggressive with his stick, play the puck a little bit. Um, but the bottom line is he was there when they needed him to be. Like when Dallas was trying to claw their way back, trying to get momentum, trying to stop the Kraken's momentum. Grubauer would come in with a big save, flash the leather, something like that. And, and there were some that I could have sworn were in. And then it's, nope, he's got it in his glove. Or nope, he saved it in his pad. And they were just incredible saves from, from Grubauer. Um, this was, you know, the, the crowd sounded a little quiet through the first period. But really, he started making some saves there early in the second. Crowd gets into it. And then, of course, you get the goal scoring from the team. And I... I that's fantastic. Like it's big, but that's, that's all because he's able to, you know, hold the line there and be, be that guy and, and keep the momentum from going against you, working against you. 
Um, Philip Grubauer that day off, I think really helped a lot. I think it would help him reset. He'd been carrying a massive workload. We talked about the fact that the Kraken were, were the, the least rested team through these playoffs. They were the only team not to get that extra day. Uh, I think that was a big deal for Philip Grubauer. I think we're just going to see him kind of continue to be locked in from here on out, which is fantastic. Uh, Sergeant Pickles at the super chat here. Hola from Cancun. I hope you're having a fantastic time down there. Sergeant Pickles, uh, studs us studs them. <laughs> <laughs> amazing win but got to get to bed being two hours ahead we'll have an adult beverage tomorrow to celebrate uh sounds good sergeant pickles i know I, i'm gonna have to get used to that in dallas uh being two hours ahead these 8 30 8 50 local starts oh it's gonna be uh that's gonna be a little bit of a rough time i guess for me but it probably won't be because i'll be able to watch the seattle kraken and that you know it's impossible to be tired or sleepy when that happens it's so much fun um yeah i it's uh, you you did it right studs us studs them i mean that's it there's there's nobody that had a bad game on the kraken side of things and there's a lot of guys that are just disappearing for the dallas stars right now their top couple lines are just invisible they're just not doing anything i almost wonder if they're gonna have to swap out sagan and pavelski try to put pavelski back up there with hints and robertson just to try to kickstart the offense because it's non-existent right now it's just not there. Um, and I know they want to try to match the depth of the Kraken. I think, you know, I, I understand where Pete DeBoer was coming from with that. But the bottom line is Dallas has no answer for when the Kraken just kind of go off right now. And, and they're going to need one if they want to hang around. So that'll be interesting. Obviously, the Miro Haskinen situation is going to be something worth monitoring as well. Taking that puck up high did not look good. He's a big deal for the for the Dallas Stars, especially on their power play. It was very evident that he was not there running their power play late in this one. Wouldn't you say like those those two power play chances they had after Haskinen left the game? Those were really bad looking power plays. Like credit to the Kraken PK as well. They they played fantastic just like they have all playoffs. But the power play looked a little lost. There wasn't a lot of chemistry there. A lot of errant passes. A lot of opportunities for the Kraken PK to step up or strip the defender deep. And Maddie's able to get a shorthanded look going the other way. Stuff like that. So that's going to be, I think, maybe the biggest injury situation to monitor moving forward. Might not even be the one on the Kraken for us. It might actually just be Miro Haskinen for the Dallas Stars. Becca with the super chat here. We made the Stars pull Otter in the playoffs. That is so hard to do. It is so hard to do. The Kraken just went at it at this one. I mean, they, they, man, they were just totally feeling it in this one. Um, they were, they, they just attacked him is the bottom line. Uh, you look at like the, the early goal from Jordan Eberly. It's just creating chaos in front. He can't see it. He can't keep up with it. If you're making dangles in his crease like that, no goaltender is going to stand a chance. Uh, and, and so that's a big deal. Wenberg, just an epic snipe. Wenberg, you have this in you. Shoot the puck maybe more. Please. Like, it's almost worse now that he's showing us what a deadly sniper he could be. Um, so I think that's a big deal. Carson Soucy, though, that was the one. When he just walks in and, and hits it five hole, uh, Ottinger was frozen. He was completely frozen. He had zero read on what Soucy was going to do. It was just Soucy and Ottinger, mano a mano, and Soucy just he just played it cool and he just slid it under his pads. And that's when it's like, okay, Ottinger is not there. He's, he is, he's just not feeling it. He's, he doesn't have a read at all on what the Kraken are trying to do. Um, and the bottom line is he's kind of looked that way this whole series. I know the Kraken didn't really pressure him that much last game just because it was such a down game for the Kraken as a whole. But these in game one and in game three now, they have really made him have to think. And I think that that's his weakness. Talked a little bit about that during the series preview. That if you can just kind of confuse Ottinger, you can put him in a place where he can't expect, you know, he doesn't know what to expect from you. Just like that Susie goal. That's how you beat Jake Ottinger and the Kraken are there right now. And they're just going for it. Uh, light with the super chat here. Have some choice expletives for that Domi slash, but I'll keep them to myself for this friendly family friendly show. I appreciate that light. And I appreciate the super chat. 
It's Max Domi doing Max Domi things. Obviously, the stars were upset. They were trying to send a message in this one. Uh, that was really the most egregious one, too. That was the one that, like, you know, in a normal game setting would be the most game misconduct-like. Uh, I know a lot of guys ended up with misconducts there. That was a very short bench for the stars to finish out the last minute of this game. But, yeah, that's that's Max Domi. He plays with that edge. There's plenty of people who don't like him because of it. I think it's one of those things that when he's on your team, you take it. When it's, you're playing against him, it's the worst thing in the world. It's it's kind of one of those. He's one of those players. Um, but yeah, I, I like I said, I think they they got to figure things out, and they they can't enter Game Four frustrated because Game Four now is a must win if you're the Dallas Stars. It just is, and that's I I thought about tweeting it earlier today that you know I really wanted the Kraken to win today because then it makes it puts no pressure on Game Four for you because. Worst case scenario, right? This ends up like the Avalanche series. We make it a best of three series with two games on the road. That's not so bad for the Seattle Kraken team, right? Like that's that's kind of where we would play to an advantage. That would be uh, a difficult situation for Dallas. And so to win this game three and know that that's your fallback plan is if you lose game four, you've made it a best of three series with two games on the road, which you just took care of business doing uh, in the previous round. I think that's that's. That's pretty choice for for the Seattle Kraken, uh, and it and you have only upside because if you win Game Four, then you're up three one going to Dallas on the road. You've got all the momentum at that point. You're a road team, all that good stuff. I'll be in the building, right? Uh, <laughs> there's there's a good stuff. So um, I'm really looking forward to to that one there. Uh, so those are some good ones. Where's our favorite mascot, Afra, celebrating this win? Afra, welcome up, welcome up. She's on her way. She's on her way. There she is. You want a treat, Afra? You deserve a treat. Kraken scores seven goals. I think Afra can, can get a treat here. Give me a, a moment to catch my breath, too, after this. Hey, 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 back up, back up. Um, after uh, after talking all this time as well. Um, but, yeah, I think this, is, this was the ideal situation for the Kraken to take this game. Uh, no pressure for game four now. Oop, I broke it. Well, here you go. You can get some of that. A nice. There you go. Nice frosted cookie. Yes, yes. And the second half. <laughs> you can take that. Um it's uh it's it's fantastic. It's it's such a good situation for the Kraken now. Uh it's Kraken hockey, baby. Glad to see the boys had the skating legs back tonight. They did indeed, Alex. They definitely did. That's rested Kraken hockey, baby, from Schultz. Oh, for sure. I mean, that's they, they totally got it. Um Let's see what a game from Grassy for sure. It was a fantastic game. Like one of the best, most fun, enjoyable Kraken games all season, right? Like how could it not be? Uh, it's good. It's good to be on the right end of a blowout for sure. James props to hack for keeping veneers off the ice at the end when the stars were getting in their shots. There was a measured reaction. You look at the players out there for the Kraken, definitely measured from him. He understood the situation. Uh, got to take care of the young guy, especially too, because, he that that cross check that he took late that was called that can't have felt good it didn't look like it felt good so you know blowout game you don't need him out there to to take anything extra let him let him rest up now that you're back to the to the game by game Aaron the first period was interesting as it was very even but man we punched them in the mouth in the second made the adjustments they made the adjustments and they were finally able to connect on those long passes that they were going for they were going for that from the first period they were trying the stretch passes they were trying to get those long passes going try to get and really move it out of the d zone fast connect early and they had some issues on the connection that's why we saw what like in the first 10 minutes of this game i think the crack ice the puck three or four times uh just because it, it wasn't quite there the chemistry wasn't quite right they weren't able to hit those plays second period they were hitting those plays and uh it, they were just able to pour on the offense like that it was it was great braun wenberg with the snipe we know he's capable of veneers with the great celly ccb and salty all things i like mm -hmm. uh-huh I, I would take more of it just keep going alex game four is opportunity to seize a stranglehold on the series that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Ty, need to check, but I think we're undefeated when, when he passes the puck into the net. Lull. As far as I know, we are. Um, that's what, his second goal. I, I believe we won that game in Colorado, which he did that as well. Um, definitely. I think that was game one, wasn't it? I think that was game one of the playoffs for the Kraken. Uh, good stuff there. Fun game. Hope it carries into the next one. I do too, Nicole. 
Um, all I have to say is with a ton of exclamations from Jake there. Oh, so good. So good. Caleb had to listen to the game since Fubo. Sorry. Uh, I specifically purchased because it had the Kraken games. Didn't have it on tonight. Good win, though. Yeah, they're not going to have the playoff games. Now the playoff games are uh, nationally broadcast on TBS or TNT and um, ESPN. So that, that's where the games are. And hey, if you're if you need a place to go watch the game, if you can't get them at home, you can suggest Queen Anne Beer Hall. It's not in the normal spot for me because I moved the camera for you. Uh, but Queen Anne Beer Hall, fantastic place to go watch it, filled with Kraken fans. You get the goal horn, you get the music, you got a ton tons of cameras. Afra, are you the star of the show now? What's going on here? Uh, <laughs> this was by far Maddie's best game in the playoffs. His confidence being playoff. Uh, playing playoff hockey is growing. We watched him take a gigantic step tonight. I agree, Kraken Hawk. And again, I think it was a, he was another guy who just benefited from having the day off. I just think that was a big deal for a lot of these guys to get him out going, going like that. I just think that that was a lot. Um, let's see. Uh, absurdly said, I know this is from the wrong Seattle sport, but my oh my, I know right. Yes, you you're reading chat with me. I know. Uh, Bach, what a game! All different goal scorers. Kraken in five. Um, I, I would appreciate that. Um, no more happy to be here. I smell blood and I want the freaking cup from rock Todd. <sighs> I know it's, it's one of those. I'm everybody feel free to go for it. I gotta, I'm, I'm just going to try to stay back on it all. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm feeling really good. This Kraken team. All right. <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, this Kraken team is looking fantastic. This series. Uh, they've answered a lot of questions that I had for them for, for them after round one, just because you're able to, you know, really take advantage of the fact that Colorado had no scoring outside their top, you know, two or three guys. Um, but the bottom line is this this series, look, you're beating an elite goaltender who was looking good. Uh, and you're just you're chasing him from games now. And it's only three games into the series. The special teams is looking fantastic, especially the PK. That's a big one. The first line is stepping up in a way that they didn't in the first round against Colorado. So this this team is answering a ton of questions for me. It looks really, really good. So yeah, I you know, I, I'm not gonna again, I'm not gonna say anything, but like they look really, really good. And if they were to hang around for a while, it wouldn't surprise me the way it would have surprised me before the series started. And I'll leave it at that. <laughs> uh Todd with the Gatorade time. I know I'm gonna actually need another sip here. Um, go cracking from the train in Norway. Fantastic. Thank you, Gunner. That is awesome. Hope you enjoy the plane ride, uh, the train ride there. Shay, how's it going? I'll tell you how it's going. Ah, definitely, definitely. Um, oh, so, so, so good. Megan and Sue blessed this game for sure. And then I believe also the Mariners were there. Decent amount of them. And I also saw something about Pete Carroll was there. I'm going to box. So S Seattle sports really showing up for the Kraken right now. Really, really showing up for the Kraken right now. And I'm all here for it. Um, Jake, hope Sprong is okay. And ouch to Haskinen's face that had to suck. Hope he's okay as well. Yeah. And I was a little surprised that we didn't see Miro Haskinen come back out after that one. Cause I thought, okay, well, you know, he's bleeding. It, it clearly cut him, uh, side of his mouth, cheek area, right. Goes off, gets stitched up. We'll see him come back out for him not to come back out for, you know, not just the rest of the second period, but not to come out during the third period as well. Maybe Dallas was just saying, eh, cost benefit. This game probably out of reach. It's five one or whatever at that point. We don't we don't want to risk anything with him, but it also is making me wonder if there was maybe a little bit more going on um as well. So definitely hope he's okay. Uh, but it's you know, if if he's out, that is a big, big loss for the Dallas Stars. And it's you know, it's a quote unquote win for the Kraken. I hate talking like that though. Um, Michael, truly incredible what they've been able to do without their best player and Jared McCann. But I guess that's Kraken hockey, baby. It is. It's next man up. It's depth. That's just what this team does. That's how this team was built. It's what they do. I'm glad to see it show up in the postseason. Because again, talking about questions going into the playoffs, it was just could everybody step up? Could you have somebody step up on any given night, kind of the way you did in the regular season? Could you have nights like this where you score seven goals with seven different goal scorers like you did in the regular season? Who knew? Round two, they're going to be able to do that. It's fantastic. It's absolutely fantastic. Another thing that's pretty fantastic is that we get to get to have RJ join uh join the stream here. How's it going, RJ? I got to think uh, things are going pretty well down there. Yeah, going pretty darn well here. Um, I mean, 
what a game to be at. What a game to watch. I mean, that was pretty fun. And, and what a locker room to go in afterward, too. Uh, the guys were definitely happy about this one, fired up. And I'm going to start right off by sharing my favorite story uh, from after this game. So Carson Soucy was doing his media availability, and he was asked to kind of you know take us through your goal that you scored. And he was saying, well, you know, there were some forwards out front that were kind of clearing the lane for me. And Morgan Geeky walks by. He's like, oh, was it me? Was it me, Seuss? Was I there? <laughs> I, I was clearing the lane for you, wasn't I? <laughs> and Seuss like, oh, were, were you there? He's like, yeah, well, someone was taking up a bunch of attention in front of the net. It must have been 67. Uh, you know, thanks there, Morgan. And Geeky was like, no, I wasn't on the ice. <laughs> That's pretty great. I, and I was going to say, I put it on the Discord in the game chat at the end of the first period. Morgan Geeky was my MVP for that first period. He was all over the place. He was shot out of a cannon in this one, banging bodies. He was getting chances net front. I mean, Morgan Geeky was having himself a game early on. Uh, but yeah, that that one, RJ, we talked about that Carson Soucy goal earlier. That's the one where it was clear Ottinger just doesn't have this. They're in his head because here's just a one-on-one -on -one situation with Carson Soucy, of all people, walking in on you, and he freezes you, and he's able just to slide it under your pads. That's a rough situation. That that told me that Ottinger may not last that game. Right. I mean, that's the ultimate one where you're just looking at it. That was a pretty soft shot, too. Five hole. I mean, it wasn't all that hard. Um, and, and you could tell watching his, his head after that, he was just he hated that that one went in. And, and that kind of was the trend the whole rest of the game. Ottinger just looked terrible. It was a really rough one for him. Uh, lots of stuff. I mean, I got to think that whole locker room was feeling it, though, RJ, that cracking locker room. I mean, seven players in there scored goals in round two of the playoffs, RJ. Yeah, seven unique goal scorers. I mean, that's incredible. I had to go look up when the last time, you know, have the Kraken done this before. And I was amazed to find the answer. This is the fifth time this season they've had seven or more unique goal scorers in a game. I was expecting maybe once, maybe even twice. This is the fifth time. I mean, that's just incredible. Yeah, and again, I, I was just talking about this. I That was one of my questions going into the postseason. Could you do that in the postseason? For them to do it against this Dallas Stars team in round two, super impressive. Uh, saw other good stuff from them. I mean, Dallas goes 0 for 3 on the power play in this one. The PK is perfect yet again. It's really becoming a trend uh, in this postseason. I know part of that was once Miro Haskinen left, their power play didn't look the same at all. But also, I mean, you know, you look, even when you lose an Alexander Wenberg, who's one of your staples on the PK, Maddie's able to fill in for him. It's just indicative of how this team plays of just next man up. Someone is always there to fill an absence and to play just as well. Right. And the PK was solid. They were confident. I mean, they had a shorthanded goal in this one, too. Can't forget mm -hmm. that. I mean, they were on the stars with pressure. I mean, I know they like to kind of sit back, give Dallas the up high. And I think they did that when they were in the D zone, but they were challenging the zone entries. They were getting on the stars puck carrier whenever it wasn't certain that they were set up. And I think it resulted in some good chances the other way. And of course, Yanni Gore with a wide open net for that shorthanded goal. That was fantastic. The other one before I go back to chat, RJ, was I wanted to ask you if the Kraken maybe worked on this in a practice yesterday or maybe morning skate, but they came out in this one wanting to make some long stretch passes. And we saw the chemistry wasn't totally there to start this game. A lot of early icing icing plays uh, for the Kraken. But then in that second period, RJ, you're seeing two three zone passes and, and they're just connecting tape to tape. And it's what allowed them to just pour on that pressure there for that sequence of time where they dropped all four goals and, you know, six minutes or whatever it was. But a lot of them, I was really surprised. It's not something we're used to seeing from this team, but just moving it out of the defensive zone all the way up to the opposing blue line. Yeah, it was a new wrinkle that we kind of saw from them, but it was really effective. And I wonder how much, you know, that kind of gets pointed out on video that maybe there are these holes through the neutral zone here that we can attack with these stretch passes. I mean, look, the Kraken have the players who can do it. We've seen over the course of the season, guys like Vince Dunn and even a Will Borgen kind of make those stretch passes down there. Um, but it was really impressive stuff. And it, and it set up, I mean, you know, you look at directly kind of a couple of those goals. Um, it, it was a huge point for them. And it's one of those things I think DeBoer is going to go back and look at and be like, okay, how do we counter this? How do we stop it? Yeah, probably. Um, another thing that DeBoer is going to have to go and look at, RJ, is 
Maybe he's got to shuffle his lines around a little bit, given how many people are held off the score sheet. Sarah pointing out no points per for Pavelski. It's a fantastic response from the last game. I was talking earlier about how quiet Hints and Robertson have been, RJ. I mean, the Jamie Ben line has largely been um, invisible through all three games. I mean, if you're Pete DeBoer, do you consider moving Pavs back up with those guys? Like, I mean, what do you even do? I think I would move Pabs back up with Hinson Robertson. I think that line needs a spark. Uh, Hinson Robertson just kind of can't carry that by themselves. I I've been more impressed with Sagan on that line than Hinson Robertson at a lot of times. And so uh, Robertson, I kind of watching him closely because I tried to really, um, you know, just comb through his game, you know, and try and find the little things and what's going right, what's going wrong. And um, I, I sensed a lot of frustration. He's not the type to let it boil over or get really upset. But it seemed like he wasn't able to make the plays he was trying to make physically. He was getting outbodied and outworked by guys like Will Borg and Jamie Alexiak. And you could see on his way back to the bench, stuff that maybe isn't always picked up on the TV broadcast, some frustration kind of start to bubble over on his face a little bit. And I think you, you just need to get Joe Pavelski, who might be your best player so far through the series, on that line to help spark their confidence. Dude. After just the first goal, the Jordan Eberle goal, it showed the Dallas bench, and he just had the thousand-yard stare, Robertson. Like it was just like what? Like you're? It's a one. It's one goal. Like come on. Like like why did the the but the bench for Dallas looked so rough there? And I know they lost Haskinen and stuff, but I was still kind of surprised by how out of it a lot of those guys looked. But yeah, Pete DeBoer is going to have to figure out something because now RJ, all the pressure is on Dallas. They have oh, yeah. to win Game Four because if you're the Kraken, worst case scenario, you drop Game Four. Best of three series on the road. It's a dream scenario for you. You're fantastic with that. It's it's totally fine. And if the Kraken win game four, I mean, then you can just end it game five. Like, easy, right. let's go. <laughs> exactly. So I, the pressure's on them. I, I don't know how much you've talked about Haskin and then losing him because, um, I mean, I thought that was huge. That might have been the biggest factor in this game was the, the fact that their defenseman basically plays half the game. Their best defenseman was gone, and they just look like a completely different team without him. Yeah, especially on the power play there. Alex, the Otter and Wedgwood chants were great, too, uh, in the arena, RJ. it you know I had texted you. You texted me about it. We were talking on the Discord a little bit about it. Seemed a little quiet for Climate Pledge Arena during the first period. You could hear the players on the ice and stuff, but, boy, that didn't last long into the second. No, it didn't. I have to admit, it was actually pretty quiet in the first period. I was just kind of like, well, where's that playoff excitement? Where did it go? But I felt like the crowd just really needed something, like a, a goal just to spark them and get them into it. Because, uh, you know, they were there. I felt like, it, you know, the potential was there. They just needed mm -hmm. something to get it going. After this kind of longer break without a home game, I guess, I don't know what it was. Uh, so I even tweeted, like, they just need a goal to get them into it. And Boy, did they get that and some more. And yeah, they were absolutely rocking by the end of it. I'm sure on the broadcast, you could probably hear the difference once the Kraken got going. Uh, the Ottinger chants, which struggled a little bit because the three-syllable last name, it's a little difficult. got to be Otter. The Wedgwood chants. Yeah, it's got to be Otter, everybody. Just Otter yeah. in the arena. That's what you go with. Uh, Rebecca, couldn't watch the game. Never been more excited to watch a recorded sports event. Let's go. Yes, it's, it's, it's sometimes a rough one, but I do feel like when your team wins like this, uh, you can probably go ahead and do it, even though in the end result, it'll still be a lot of fun. Um, Daniel was just asking, need, need to ask RJ to clarify the different chants. So were those the two chants going? I mean, obviously you hear the Gru for some of those big saves. Yeah, you got the Gru, um, you know, the, the Ottinger that they were trying, the Wedgwood, which I'm sure you heard loud and clear. There were also some Yanni chants, and I love that this is yes. becoming a thing when he mixes it up with some Dallas players in front, especially at the end when he took a cross check, took a little shove to the back of the head, didn't retaliate, just skated away, and you get the Yanni chants as he heads into the dressing room because they gave everybody penalties. Uh, love to hear that from the crowd. Keep that going. I yeah it was it was fantastic I like seeing that as well uh Kyle I believe Wenberg is trying to pass off the bar to a teammate <laughs> um, I mean dude it's it only makes it that much more frustrating when he goes out and he scores goals like that you know what I mean he does have a good shot I see it in practice I know that he has a good shot I've kind of given up on like harping about it but he can shoot the puck well when he decides to. Uh, and we saw evidence of it right there. I mean, what a beauty. Just bar down. Perfect. Definitely. Alex Dunn had a great game, too. That outlet pass to Schwartz on the Wenberg goal was perfect. It was. And I do think that this was the game for me, RJ. And you can give your thoughts as well. Vince Dunn was back. Like, finally, this is Vince Dunn that we had watched all year long showing up in the playoffs. 
yeah, I, I would have to agree with that. I think I've noticed him a lot more in this one, doing the kind of things that we're used to Vince Dunn doing this season. And it makes a big difference in what the Kraken are able to do offensively. You put up seven on the board. I mean, that's because all of a sudden you're a big offensive defenseman. He's back and their best defenseman's gone. You can just feast on that. Yeah. Uh, Gilberto, Seattle got under Dallas's skin tonight and we're all here for it. Boy, they sure did at the, at the end of this game, RJ. I mean, it's got to be really, really frustrating for Dallas uh, when you, you know, not just to lose a game as, as big as you lost this game, but, you know, like we talked about earlier, your guys just aren't going. You're not getting any time and space. They're not able to get out of their own zone. And, and that's got to be really, really difficult for them, especially knowing you got to come back and play in the same building again. It's going to be loud. And Dave Haxtell just proved he was able to use the line matchups to his advantage, get that Matty Beniers line going. Like, it's, it's got to be a little worrisome for Dallas. Yeah, I, I think so. And, I mean, you just you look at the end of the game and the frustration and everything. Like, off that face-off toward the end, I mean, Max Domi takes the face-off, immediately just starts whacking away at Morgan Geeky twice, three times, and the ref's like, all right, enough. You know, but that's the kind of stuff where you know you're under their skin for sure. Um, I mean, look at Mason Marchman like all game. You know, it's yep. that's the evidence that you need. And I, I think, you know, it's going to be a tough challenge for them in game four. Yep. Duthin, we got at least one more home game guaranteed at the win tonight. Keep it rolling, baby. I think this team will appreciate the super chat there, Duthin. I, like I said, Hackstall, he looks so good in this one, especially the adjustments, just the little bit of adjustments that they made, period one to period two. Felt like he fired them up a little bit for period two. Kraken, like I said, they struggled with the icings in the first period. Also lost the first eight face-offs of the game. Not great. <laughs> but I, I thought Hackstall did a good job of getting them you know, ready to play the game, RJ, but also to come back out for period two. Yeah, he did. And the little adjustments, we're seeing that all the time. And hey, there's a reason that he was a Jack Adams Award finalist. Like um, he's gotten to talk about that the last couple couple days. And of course, he's very humble about it. Wouldn't take a whole lot of credit. Credit the players and the rest of the coaching staff and all of that. But I, I had a conversation too. We were kind of talking about this at Morning Skate with some of the other media people. It's like, okay, if the voting for the Jack Adams, because it happens right after the end of the regular season. Yeah. If they were voting today, how does he do? Like, does he have a real shot at winning it? You look at Montgomery that, you know, that is out of the playoffs right now. I mean, Lindy Ruff looking a little bit better after tonight than, than this morning. But, um, you know, we were talking about it. Like, he might have a real shot at winning the thing. I, I think he would. And I get it. Some voters might think, well, look, he's got a deep team. You know, you look at a night like tonight and it's like, well, when you can have seven different goal scorers, it makes managing the bench pretty easy. You just kind of roll out all the lines about the same and, they, and they're going to win their matchups more often than not. But you and I both know, and, and I think most, you know, or if not everybody in chat knows from watching this team regularly, all the other things that he does, that this isn't, you know, always the type of Seattle crack and hockey game that we see. This team does very much change based on who they're playing. They've changed through these playoffs. They change whether they're on the road versus at home. Um, we've, we've seen him make massive adjustments. We've seen what him and his staff, especially Jay Leach, have been able to do with the special teams for this postseason run particularly the penalty kill. I mean, all of that, you know, at some point, right? Like Buck stops with the head coach, but that also means the good stuff starts and stops there too. And I do think that, yeah, Hackstall, he would have my vote. Yeah. Him, him or Paul Maurice. Yeah, exactly. Paul Maurice, but yeah, would be making a good, pretty good case too. Casey, how about Brandon Tanev tonight? I thought his play on that rush was fantastic. I, I gushed about the fourth line earlier, RJ and Ryan Donato. And then kind of be in that line that, you know, they just have to go out there and not let Dallas steal momentum back. And they did that tonight. But Brandon Tanev, another great example of that. Yeah, he was playoff turbo in a lot of different ways and just being really difficult to play against, too. Uh, the, the deception to get Yanni Gord that wide open net on his goal, the, the shorthanded one. Um, I, I thought it was funny. I mean. Ryan Suter gave him a shove there in kind of a dangerous area after that Gord goal. He gets up and Yanni Gord has to hold him back. Because he's John with Suter, and I'd like to comment that we got on Twitter is like, you you know, you need to calm down if Yanni Gord is telling you you need to calm down. <laughs> oh, for sure, that's that's pretty that's pretty funny. I did like a lot of the interactions that we were able to see on the broadcast on the bench. Um, lots of times, especially through the first period, coming back that that Maddie Beniers line, uh, him and Eberly. It was always like Eberly would tell Maddie something, and then the next time we'd see that line on the bench, Maddie's telling Ty Cartier something, and it was just like kind of it was like really funny, like the the vet 
you know, working down the chain there with the information. Um, but it was really fascinating to watch them all go. And then after Maddie scored his goal, uh, Yanni kind of trying to fire him up. They're sitting next to each other on the bench. He's patting him on the back, trying to get him going a little bit. And Maddie's just like dialed in watching the play. And he's just like shaking him off. Like, no, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm paying attention here. They're yeah. Maddie's always there. dialed in like that. I mean, they, they had a thing where the fans would cheer for him, you know, like congratulate Maddie Baneers on being a Calder nominee or whatever. And he's just, looking straight ahead doesn't acknowledge it at all one day one of the players is going to acknowledge that but it won't be maddie yeah definitely definitely and speaking of maddie jessica that maddie post-game interview is going down as the cutest thing to ever happen in sports i'm gonna have to check that out and i was really happy to see him get first star rj yes no that that was deserved i was happy to see that and um you, you look at too like i think some of the quotes from the interview and I didn't catch all, but I was like right up on Susie because I wanted to ask between like him and Marchman kind of what was going on. Yeah. Um, so I was on the outside for Maddie. But the quote that stuck with me is he was saying, look, we we don't have a lot of the star players like these other teams do, but we just we play like a real team. And there was kind of this wholesome tone about it um, that, that just made me really happy. Sounds like a like a like a sports movie, like a kid's sports right. movie, like the Sandlot or something, where it's like, yeah, you know, we're just like misfits, but we're getting it done. You know, Mighty Ducks energy there from Maddie Beniers. Uh, and you know what? Give it time, Maddie, and you'll be the star. <laughs> Especially yep. <laughs> if you play like that, to, like he played tonight, uh, it'll be right in there. Uh, Zane with the super chat here. I'm not superstitious because I find it to be unlucky. What a line. Uh, but it would be irresponsible not to have a post-game victory super chat. I love supporting our friends at ECH, and I love celebrating wins. Really appreciate that support. Um, it, it, means a, it means a ton. really does. Yeah. Thank you, Zane. Good to see you again tonight. And I, I, you did mention that to me right before I went on for post-game about the superstition thing. And, yeah, let's keep it rolling. Definitely, definitely. Um, all right. So let's see. Where was I? I was in all the stuff of uh, Afro filling in for RJ, as John pointed out. Afro was really in here earlier. <laughs> I, I saw that as I was coming up the elevator. I'm like, oh, you know, this is a good post game, but she's all up on camera like that. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Um, from uh, TQT here, the Kraken could probably hear the cheers from here in New Zealand because that was an absolutely stunning game. Excited to see this moment hopefully carry us forward onto a, a successful series. Uh, I think it will. Again, I mean... This, this was just a huge one to win. Absolutely. Um, and I hope you're enjoying tomorrow in New Zealand there. <laughs> uh, Lindsay with the RJ in the lucky suit. Sheesh. Yep. Lucky suit. It's a new tie, though. This is, this is my first time wearing this tie. So I was going to say. It's a good one, I guess. It's a good one. It's definitely a good one. That tie has seen seven goals. Yeah. Pretty good. I, okay, everyone, tell me. Should I wear it for game four? I mean, should I just go back with this? I, I did that from like game four to, to game six and it didn't work. So what do you think? That's a tough one. That's a tough one. We'll, 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 I'll check chat in just a little yeah, bit. Yeah, just let, let we'll chat compile out. a little bit. We'll crowdsource this. Yep. CDO, that's I have amazing. another shirt with hexagons on it that I could wear. So that's the other option. Hexagon. All right. I feel like the analytics people might like it. I don't yeah, know. That's true. That's true. Maybe. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, CDO, yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing stat, RJ. Fifth time this year with seven unique goal scorers and first in the postseason. I mean, it never gets old. And it's one of those where, RJ, whether it's the people calling the game on these national broadcasts or when they kick it to the in-studio panel during the intermission, like after the second period, you know, you know how the, that intermission started? Like Liam McHugh gets it, whatever, and then he throws it. I forget who he threw it to first, and they just went, uh, I mean, you know, <laughs> like that was it. And all three guys are just like, ah, and it's like, okay, we're in the second round. They're up 2-1 in a series. At some point, are these guys going to do research on the Seattle Kraken team? Like, come on. Come I on. know. You, you got to know at this point, like, you know, everyone needs to figure out, like, this is what the Seattle Kraken are. They're going to keep doing it. They're going to keep Gotta doing it. Got to be on board. It. And here's the thing. One of them at the on the panel, RJ, Rick Tockett. Back, mm. on, back on the TNT panel. You got to know, dude. You're in the division. You got to go up against this team. You have to know this stuff, right? <laughs> I don't. Maybe from the Vancouver perspective, the Canucks always seem to have the Kraken's numbers, so they just don't see it. I don't know. Uh, no, aren't we undefeated against them since Rick Tockett has been there? Actually, coach? yeah, undefeated against the Tockett Canucks. You're right. So <laughs> I, I don't know what the issue is. Yeah. I mean, he interviewed for this job. Like, yeah, three times, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, all right, so I'm I'm looking I'm looking down here. All right, uh, Gary, I say just do whatever. Gotta wear it until they lose from Duthin. Um, I'm seeing hexagons are the best of gons. They the are, yes. Love that CGP Gray video. You know uh, what's Adi, up. Wear the lucky suit again, but with the hexagon shirt. But Daniel's saying keep the look rolling. Uh, no, the hexagons from Edward there. So I, I guess you got to change here, up there. Yeah. yeah. But you know what I'm not seeing? Nobody said anything about the tie. Although I feel okay. like with the hexagon, maybe the pattern tie, I don't know. Oh, yeah, no, this tie does not work with the hexagon first. Yeah. So the tie would have to change. That would that one would definitely have to have to change it up. Um yes. And then I can't wait to debut my suit look uh at game five. Yes. Have you told everyone? Yeah, that I'm going. Yes. Yeah, we talked okay, about Okay, good, everything. good. Couldn't couldn't keep that quiet for sure. Oh, uh Sean wants to know, RJ, what was the loudest moment in tonight's game? Oh, loudest moment of the game. That's a really good question. I'm gonna say oh man. I think it might have been the fourth goal. The one that I remember that really stands out to me, and I, I don't think it was the loudest, but it was the one that maybe I, I wasn't expecting it as much, and I really liked it, so I want to I want to highlight it here. There was a board battle along the end boards behind Grubauer's net that lasted a long time. Maybe you know which one I'm talking about. Um, and it was, you know, a good 15 seconds or so. The puck was just kind of pinned along those boards. Four, got four or five guys involved in it. And then it came out to the Kraken, onto a Kraken stick, and the place just popped. Like, just kind of rewarding that work. And, like, Darren and I just turned to each other like, whoa, okay. <laughs> like, that was kind of an odd moment for it, but that was pretty cool. Yeah. So that's the one that stuck with me. Yeah, oh, that, that would definitely do it. I have a follow-up question, RJ. Yes. Tonight, I believe, is the first time we've ever seen the Kraken go with those LED bracelets that they can kind of trigger all at the same time yeah. and all that kind of stuff. What was that like? Because I know you and I got to experience that way back in 2016 for that Stanley Cup final. We saw where the Penguins won. I won't make you totally relive everything. But I always love when the, when teams do that stuff. I think it can create incredible moments and memories if you're there in the arena. How was it with the Kraken? I thought it was really well executed. We've seen other teams kind of go with the bracelets as a concept. I think the Kraken did it well because I think what can happen sometimes when you have the bracelets it, they can become kind of an excuse to get lazy about other elements of the game presentation. You can lean on them a little bit too heavily. I don't think they did that. I think they incorporated other elements into it as well. I really liked from the pregame show, probably my favorite part of it was, um, was stars don't shine in the deep. And they had all the bracelets light up green. And then like the stars up in the sky. And there was a falling star that came in, basically hit into center ice. And it just splashed and it all kind of went out. All the bracelets went out. And then it started with like the crack in blue and that was awesome. So I made sure to put that little bit up on Twitter, but like the really creative thinking behind it, because it's, you know, it's not enough just to kind of have them, oh, flash, you know, during the chance or go, let's go crack. And they were really creative about it. And, and so I'm excited to see what they do with the next. And I like that it wasn't just kind of an everything game thing from the start of the playoffs too. They brought it in now a little bit later. So gets a, a very much a passing grade for me. I oh, absolutely love it. Glad to hear it. E. Gibson, four goals in less than nine minutes there in the second period. We need to bring that same intensity in game four. I imagine they will. <laughs> I imagine they will. Um, I think this team does a good job of not just going back and forth game by game, RJ, right, where they really struggled last game and then they looked great tonight. Generally, we've seen them kind of carry forward with that positive momentum for at least a couple games before maybe then they have like another clunker. Right, and, and you look at the, the reasons that maybe they had kind of a bad game last time, and I think the fatigue thing really looks like a big explanation now. Yeah. After they came yeah, out the way they did tonight, I would totally buy that game two was almost entirely fatigue. And so they don't seem tired. They seem energized right now. I expect more of this type of effort in game three. Definitely, Toddy. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely loving watching the Beneers Cartier Eberly line get better and better every game. Seeing them mesh more makes the game even more fun to watch. RJ, this is our first time this series where Dave Haxtell was going to have the opportunity to line match. It's always easier to kind of tell that stuff in person, or at least it is for me. But I didn't notice too much of it really going on from what we were seeing here. 
I, I don't know if, if you did. No, I, I really didn't notice it. And I was looking for it. I was looking for the line matches. Obviously, sometimes the stars are loading up with, uh, you know, Hinson Robertson together and Haskinen out there. Haxtell did make an effort to get the Yanni Gord line out there. But that's kind of the only one that he was really chasing. You saw a whole lot of different matchups. And the Kraken, they're just kind of a line match proof team on the road. And they really don't care about it much at home because they just tend to have the advantage there. So. Yeah. Um, I think that's a really good sign for them. And that line, you know, with, with Karchi, Eberle, and Veneers, they, once the Kraken started scoring goals, I mean, they really got confident. And when they're playing confident, they're fun to watch. Right. And Sarah's saying, can you all talk more about how line matchups and last change played a part in this win? I mean, you kind of just touched on it. Dave Haxtell is stuck with what he's done, which is he doesn't totally line match. Like he, he doesn't totally go for stuff like that. I think there are times where maybe even er, you know earlier on in this game, just to help get that Maddie line going, it felt like they weren't necessarily going out there against say the Jamie Ben line uh, where Maddie's going to have to like deal with him. Um, but for the most part, I mean, Hackstall just kind of sticks with it. He kind of bases it. You know, if, if that line had a good shift, he might, you know, go back to them a little bit sooner. But for the most part, I mean, he's he's pretty good about just rolling through and and it allows the Kraken to just keep that momentum where it's just that wave after wave going to going at him. Yep. Um, El Gundy, imagine when McCann returns. Holy sheesh. Let's go Kraken. So I imagine no word on Sprong. Who didn't fit yeah, no up update on Sprong. Of course, as you know, he left early in the second yeah. period probably with an injury. And so, yeah, we'll find out more tomorrow or the next day. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll find out there. I was kind of getting the impression they were going to, you know, it sounded like they might want to wait until a game five for a McCann return, not, not rushing back too much, but now with the Sprong thing, who knows, just going to have to wait a couple games. Um, but I do think that RJ, whenever we see McCann based on how well that Maddie line played, especially tonight, I think we see something similar to what the stars did with, with Pavelski where it's maybe McCann comes in lower down in the lineup, maybe somewhere else and gets worked back in a little slower. You don't rush him back with some huge minutes and you kind of keep the line that's working together right now really well. You know, you don't kind of upset that apple cart. I don't know if you have a take on that. I, I think there are yeah, a few ways you could go with it. I, I would be hesitant to take Cartier off that line because it is working. Um, and, and you do kind of want to ease McCann back into it as well. Like you can shift him on that line sometimes. And, you know, we've had Haxtell like put another forward in Cartier's place for a few shifts yep. and everything too. So we might see that. But um, the one that, that I've really thinking about it, I, I'd hate to do it given how well Morgan Geeky is playing, but maybe moving Geeky down to fourth line center and putting uh, McCann on that line with Wenberg and Schwartz and seeing how that goes. Like, I, you know, the fit maybe isn't perfect, but um, it could be an option there, and it really does strengthen your fourth line. I mean, I think yeah. it makes your fourth line a lot better, and you can really take advantage of some matchups there. I mean, the way they're playing, right? Geeky, Tanev, Donato, fourth line, I mean, just roll that out and, and actually give them pretty good minutes. Yeah, talk about frustrating the Dallas Stars. That line, like, drive them insane, I have to imagine. Um, Steve Dog, two more guaranteed home games right. No. Uh, with this win tonight, the Kraken yes. could... Two more home games? Guaranteed, yeah. So so the next game, game four and game six, at least. So game if they, yeah, go ahead. No, because the Kraken could win in five. Right, but then you get then you get more home games next round. Oh, yeah, in the next round. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I thought just for this series, I'm like, yeah. well, like, well, you can take care of this in Dallas. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, then yes, then, then you're guaranteed at least two more after that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Susie hit on Marchment got me so fired up from Daniel. Oh yeah, that uh, set the tone early on. That that was huge. Yeah, that was a crazy, crazy hit. Uh, Duthin, well, we already had one more home game guaranteed. The win tonight guarantees at least one additional. Yeah, we were just talking about that. Tammy with the hashtag back the hack. Uh, Dexter, love that we got a blowout win this playoff. So much fun. These are the memories to cherish. Definitely, okay. definitely. Um, back to all the shirt stuff. All the hexagons are best Mexican. Okay, tie point this out. I noticed this too on Money Puck. Only 2.417 expected goals. What's everyone excited about Lulz? Another example of why Ottinger maybe didn't have his best night tonight. Yeah, I think that was a huge factor tonight. I mean, you look at the Kraken's chances. They weren't a whole lot better in the second than they were in the first. Ottinger was just really bad. Yeah. 11 downstream. What are your guys' thoughts on addressing the power play and how about improving face-off percentage? I'll take face-offs first, RJ, and then I'll let you talk about the power play. Yeah. 
Hackstall's kind of addressed this too, if I'm not mistaken, but face-offs, it's just one of those, there's nothing really left for them to try or do. It's just going to be what it is. They can practice it. Guys got to get better about it. That's something that we'll see at probably a year-over-year improvement with guys like Matty Beneers, who like on a night like tonight is their lowest-performing face-off person. Young players are. A 20-year-old rookie in his first year, he's not going to have a great face-off percentage, but somebody like Matty is going to get progressively better season over season. So face-offs, there's not too much they can do, unfortunately. I know it's it kind of kills them at times, but that's they're, they're kind of stuck with it. Well, on face-offs, Hackstall has also pointed out, and he's talked about this the last couple days, how it's not just the center and, you know, yeah, everyone looks at kind of the center's numbers, but he felt like they could do a lot better from, from game two to game three as far as winning those 50-50 battles that result from some of those face-offs that aren't really won cleanly by either team. And I thought they did improve in that area tonight. Like, not a ton, but they were better than they were in game two. It looked it looked closer, but you're still only 43%, so... <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, it just felt like an improvement over game two. Still plenty of room to go, but especially early on, you could see the effort was there. Like they got the message. Yes, yes, they got the message. And then uh, do you want to talk about the power play? I mean, I know Justin Schultz gets that one late, but still it's it could be an important building block for next game. Right. I was just thinking that like the Kraken have um, have carried over some momentum from late power plays, even though they were kind of meaningless like this one. You look at uh, game three it was actually game three against colorado right here in this building same point in the series where it was the other way the Kraken were down by three goals it was a meaningless power play uh but they executed on a goal that really is kind of exactly what you want you throw a shot in from the point you know you look for a tip or a screen and it just finds its way in so i think that's the kind of simplifying they need to do on the power play and maybe that momentum can carry forward into the next game normally i think oh it doesn't really work like that but they were able to do it from game three to game four last series why not this one yeah. And, you know, bottom line is, as the series continues to go, penalties are going to become less and less, you know, meaningful just because there's going to be fewer of them. And ultimately yep. that benefits the Kraken. The Kraken want to be playing five on five. That is where they thrive. NPC Chris with a super chat here. Not sure if I missed this, but what's your take on the chanting Wedgwood during the third? Twitter is contentious about it. Interesting. I would assume maybe the contention there, RJ, would just be because he came in late, like he wasn't the starter you're chasing. So why are you going after him? That's the only issue. Yeah, I, I mean, my initial reaction, and I did share this with the people next to me in the press bridge. I'm like, oh, yeah, he doesn't really deserve that. Like, I just felt bad for him. Like, he just got in here. It's not his fault. I mean, but maybe it works because he gave up a few more goals after that. But um, but yeah, Ottinger was, was but then it, it looks worse for Chan Ottinger while he's on the bench. That just looks dumb. So don't do that. <laughs> I mean, you're, that's really going after somebody if you do that. So I, yeah, I'm kind of mixed about it because I'm, I'm generally in favor of home crowds doing that and chanting at the goaltender. Um, I, I get it where it's like, you know, Wedgwood wasn't the guy, you know, he didn't give up anything. He's just yeah. coming out and like right away you're on him. Um, but at the same time, if you know, I don't mind if a crowd wants to create a hostile environment for visiting teams. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm, I'm okay with that. I think that's what home crowds should do. Um, Sean, everyone was so good. This is also a super chat. Uh, everyone was so good tonight, but special shout outs to Susie versus Marchment all game. Yanni and Gru, this team is so fun. I'm happy somebody is finally dealing with Marshman RJ because he's just been so annoying this playoff series. He has, and Carson Susie's really taken on that task from the hit there. And I, I he kind of he walked him on his goal. Like if you Marshman was guarding him at the point, walked around him. I mean, he looked like Kale McCarr does sometimes, just walking around and opposing forward. And I posted the video, like as he was skating past the Kraken bench by the Stars bench, it looked like he was telling Mason Marchment that, you know, he just walked him on that play. Um, I asked Susie about it afterwards because I was just curious kind of what his side to it all was. And he did downplay it. He's like, you know, it's it's playoffs. There's adrenaline going both ways. You know, we're playing hard. They're playing hard. I, I don't know how much was said. So, you know, he didn't want to really get into that. And I get it. You know, after a 7-2 win, you don't want to fuel those flames. Yeah. I'm sure it'll be settled on the ice. But uh, good to see the back and forth there. It was fun to watch when both of them were on the ice. Definitely, definitely. Daniel, what? Dylan owns a suit? Of course I own a suit. I've even worn it once before, if you can believe it. <laughs> One <laughs> whole time. Uh, about 
six years ago. Um, yep. So there we go. Uh, uh, Sarah, too hyped to get in bed, so I'm making quesadillas. <laughs> sounds awesome, Sarah. Good that night. sounds good. When I get home, I might do that. Yeah, good night, Pablo. Uh, someone was saying, Steve Dog, whoever's on the right on the TNT panel can't believe in any underdog. He hated the devil's chances after going up 4-0 in the first and hated the Kraken even after the second. And as Gregory points out, that's Rick Tockett. That's the that's the Canucks yep. head coach Rick Tockett there, um, who, given the team that he coaches, might want to start believing in underdogs. RJ it might might <laughs> might benefit him later. Uh, <laughs> just a couple here left. Sean, one of the one of Grubauer's best saves tonight was his vertical deflection of that pop up puck that probably would have gone in if he hadn't tracked it in all the way. I'm I'm assuming that looked even better in person. It did. It really did. I mean, it got some audible gas from even from the people up in the press bridge uh, that he was able to track that puck. That is harder than it looks. That is definitely harder than it looks. When a puck yeah. just deflects and goes up in the air like that, and you can see initially he's got no idea where it is. He has to go find that thing up in the air. He finds it just in time, blockers it away. Really, really pretty safe. Yes. Uh, Shay, what's the odds we end up with a Susie Marchman fight by the end of the series? Five to one? Two to one? <laughs> Oh man, three or four to one sounds. About I, I would right put it there. in that three to three or four to one range. Like I think it's all just going to stay close enough. You see another blowout though. I I, I raise those on. Yeah, it's it's game on if there's for another sure. blowout for sure. Yeah. I really think so. Uh, Logan, can you explain why players get kicked out of the faceoff circle? I've never understood that. All right, good question. So. Uh, <laughs> It's a little different with every linesman kind of lining guys up. There are a number of things. Basically, you're, it's hard to demonstrate here without, you know, like the camera and everything. It'd be helpful to have a stick and be in the studio like this. But basically, your stick's supposed to at least start out kind of at the top of the dots. The um, I, They changed the rule recently where, like, it, it's it, whoever's in the defending zone center has to put their stick down first. Um, but basically, also, when they look at where your skates are as well, those hash marks there that are on uh, on the face-off circles. I can't really show you right now, but those hash marks, your skates are supposed to be on there. So if your skates kind of cheat in too close, you know, within the hash marks, they could kick you out for that. There's a number of things. Also, if one of the wingers is cheating in too much on where they're supposed to be, they'll toss the center too sometimes. There's a lot of different things they look for, but those are some of them. Anything to add there, Dylan? No, I was just going to say the skates one is a big one. If you if you get your skates kind of above the line where they're supposed to be, that's generally the number one thing that I, I feel like guys get tossed for um, is, is just them cheating in a little bit. I like you referencing the studio, RJ. Like, you know, if you're in the studio, you can you could demonstrate. And by studio, I assume you mean your studio apartment. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess that wouldn't help me very much either, would it? <laughs> I bet uh, the studio like those TNT guys. Don't they always have a rink or something that they can? They do. They, they do. Why wasn't Rick talking out there telling us why underdogs are bad on the in the little fake rink they have? One day <laughs> when Patreon gets big enough, we could buy an entire studio with an entire rink where we could demonstrate all these things. That's right. And you know, good time to mention. Uh, tomorrow night is uh, the NHL draft lottery. Going to be doing a live stream with our patrons over at Patreon. So if anybody's interested in joining us for that, you can check that out with the link in the description below. Uh, talk about all the prospects see where bedard goes good chance he might end up in division which is scary uh so there's there's lots gonna be going on for that one scott with a super chat here dudes what an amazing environment pedal down start of second to end i could get used to that i bet the kraken would win by two but uh but by five is worth it is for sure. It was an incredible night, RJ. Incredible performance at Climate Pledge Arena. I think that's a big deal for the Kraken. They moved to what now? Two and two at CPA yep. this postseason. Two and two. Two and two. Time to go over 500. Season. Yeah, next next game's a chance. Yep, here we go. All the pressures on Dallas. I, I mean, I just I feel fantastic after this one. Yeah, I do too. I mean, the Kraken are in a really, really good spot here. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's crazy to think about it. Just kind of round by round. I mean, this is the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Like, think about where we were at the start of the of the playoffs and just hoping to maybe make it a competitive series with Colorado. And now, I mean, the Kraken have looked like the better team two of these three games. It's not out of the question. They could get it done. Yeah, no, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be great. Uh, Pablo asking what time the draft lottery is tomorrow. It's going to be it's eight p.m. Eastern, five, uh, five out here on the west. Pacific. Yes, uh, out here on the west coast. Um, it's going to be on ESPN for those of you if you if you want to watch it just on your own. Um, that's that's going to be it. All right, RJ, 
Another shout out to Queen Anne Beer Hall. I'm sure the party's still raging there for sure. Oh, yes. Uh, it's it's got to be fantastic there. Thanks to everybody uh, who stopped by for this one. Special thanks to everybody who donated Super Chat tonight. Really appreciate all those. And yeah, I mean, can't wait. Can't wait. Deep dived also tomorrow. I forgot about that. Too. Oh, yes. Looking forward to that. that. So lots of good stuff coming up before that next game on Tuesday. But of course, we'll be right back here after that one as well. Should be a good time. And we'll see what what shirt RJ chose to wear. And, and I think that's the perfect cliffhanger to, to end the broadcast on. So uh, we'll see you all next time, everybody.